Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks. A podcast that may not have as much experience as you, but we have seen all the Fast and Furious movies. It's Sifpa. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Fridays or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Roar. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he just wants to know if you have any red Gatorade. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. Ahoy. Each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Man, it feels like I just saw you yesterday. Maybe even yeah. more recently. Maybe. Uh, Who knows? <laughs> If only, uh, if only the audience knew how frantic <laughs> and hectic, you know, making sure a podcast comes out on a specific time or a specific date happens. It's it is our pleasure to uh, to figure out how to make all this happen. But in this case, yeah, we're recording back to back. So for you, it's been a week since we talked uh, about Creed three and Scream six but for us it's only been mere minutes um but uh we're excited to talk about a couple more movies the the, uh, the hard part was seeing all the movies uh in time yeah but, i uh, didn't i failed <laughs> i got 75 percent, so i got a c that's right. but on today's episode 100 percent a plus a plus hundred percent hundred percent uh we are going to talk about a couple uh recent movies today uh shazam fury of the gods out in theaters and 65 also still in theaters the uh, adam driver movie so we'll talk about those we'll do a best ever challenge speaking of adam driver we'll do best ever uh best ever adam driver movies and then of course do some buried treasure at the end um no reason to dilly dally though yeah let's get into it Let's kick it off with some thoughts on Shazam! Fury of the Gods. A lot has changed in the last few years. The wizard gave me superpowers. Shazam! And then everybody got superpowers. Started from the bottom, now we're here. All right, here's the situation. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. The daughters of Atlas are coming to hunt us. Children stole the power of the gods. Shazam! You ripped it from our father's core. Okay, I feel like maybe I should be writing all this down. Give us the powers, child. Your world will not survive this. You want these powers? Come get them! Hey, Khaleesi! Billy Batson and his foster siblings who transform into superheroes by saying, Shazam! are forced to get back into action and fight the daughters of Atlas, who they must stop from using a weapon that could destroy the world. Zachary Levi coming back as Shazam, uh, although he doesn't know that's his name uh, in this movie uh, till the very end. And then he he knows he's Shazam at the very end of the movie. Spoiler alert. But we know he's Shazam. Um, Zachary Levi in this, based on the character originally named Captain Marvel, originally not on DC Comics, then originally licensed by DC Comics, but then couldn't be called Captain Marvel. And so... They called it something else, and then eventually uh, Shazam, and there you go, a little bit of history. What did you think of the movie? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I liked it. Maybe High Side liked it. High Side of liked it. What about you? Uh, I'm going to go with High Side of just okay. 
maybe okay. breaching into the low side of liked it. Um, and I thought I was going to like it more than you. I, the All the feedback I'm getting from the people in my world is that this is a terrible movie. And I'm not sure I understand that. Um, but, uh, but maybe we can kind of get into it a little bit, but, um, you liked it a little bit more. So why don't you start? What are the, some of the things you like about, uh, Shazam? I'm just glad Shazam's back. I mean, Zachary Levi just slayed it in the first movie. The, that first movie was so special, unique and magical on so many different levels. I call mm-hmm. it magical. Um, and it dealt with, you know, real life family issues that seem profound and important for everybody to know about. This movie kind of dealt with some more family, like a, uh, afraid of loss, you know, so you're holding everything too tightly and stuff like that. I don't think this movie dealt with as many, you know, emotional real life situations as the first movie did. I think that this one leaned way heavily into, you know, the, the magic and, you know, the universal powers that be and gods and stuff like that, as opposed to, you know, telling a metaphorical story about of gods to mm-hmm. tell, make real life stuff good. But yeah, I mean, there's good stuff in this. I think that the Shazamly is great. Uh, Darlene is still the most, or uh, Darla is still the most adorable thing in the history of adorables. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a, it's a good movie. I really had a good time with it. Yeah. I, for the most part, I agree. Um, I think for me, it's funny. I kind of have the exact same best thing and exact same worst thing about this movie that I did about the first one. It's a problem that hasn't been fixed, and uh, and and also a an amazing thing that hasn't diminished. The amazing thing that hasn't diminished is Zachary Levi is the perfect Shazam. Like, oh, absolutely. He's, he's so good in this role, and it feels so much like uh, a kid who is in an adult's body, right? Like, cause that's what Zachary Levi is. <laughs> that's what he is. And yeah. I laughed a lot during this movie and it was yeah. almost always at that shtick, you know, that, that Zachary Levi is a kid, you know, shtick, like the, the letter writing shtick, uh, the, you know, he would just, he would have these off comments, uh, you know, calling someone Khaleesi, you know, just like these, these, whatever it is, I I really think he works. And uh, like you, I'm glad to be back in this universe just to enjoy my time with Zachary Levi's Shazam. That to me is the best thing about these movies. And the reason I think I'm able to put up with a lot too, just because I'm having a good time. I'm having fun. And the worst thing about this for me is the same as the worst thing about the first one. I think Asher Angel, the young Shazam, is severely miscast. And I don't understand. It's it, To me, maybe, maybe I'm a little bit on an island here. Asher Angel acts too much like an adult when he's a child. Like, it, like he needs to act like Shazam is acting. Like, they're the same person. But somehow, when he's younger, he seems less childish. And that just that's just a weird thing. Um, I love Jack Dylan, uh, uh, Jack Dylan Grazier, yeah, um, who so plays Freddy. Um, but Freddy feels more like a young Shazam than than Asher Angel does. So that and that's a problem because Freddy and Zachary have the same kind of humor, same kind of quick, you know, wit jokes or whatever. And Ash, 
Asher Angel, no slight on the performance, the character itself and the way that it's portrayed is just kind of a boring stick in the mud. Is he is he ever as funny as, as Zachary is when he's, you know, as that character? So for me, that is the part that I just continue to come back to and be a little bit annoyed by. But I'm having such a good time. And, and some of the visuals are really cool in this movie. Some of the way it, the, the visualizations of the powers and the things that are happening, I think, are, are really, really neat. So I had a good enough time with this. What else you got to say? Um... I, uh, I, this is where I think a lot of people are going to disagree with me is I had a lot of fun with our villains in this one, Lucy Liu, Helen Mirren. I think that they're, uh, I like the fact that we, I got to see a, a group of villains who weren't on the same page mm-hmm. about the goal they wanted. Yes. And that was really interesting because it, I, I don't know why, because it seems obvious, like, yeah, people don't always agree on something, but they, they're working together. Yeah, but every single comic book movie I've ever seen, everybody has a common goal that they're all working towards. And it's just interesting and fun to see this. Right. If villains clash, it's a matter of personality, not motivation. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, Lucy uh, or Helen Mirren, funny. She's so funny. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like, like when she's reading that letter. I, I was just g- giggling. Const- like, she sells it so... Uh-huh. If she isn't reading it the way she's reading it, like, totally lost. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a bunch of fun gags in this. There really are. And I think the CGI is good. I, I mean, it's at the level we've come to at least expect. Um yeah, I had a, I had fun with this one. I don't think that it's as good as the first one, but it's still good. Yeah, as far as the fr- the first one, I think is definitely better. And one of the one of the reasons I think the first one is better is there was a more coherent story being told thematically. Like there was there was a more uh, we knew exactly what was going on because it's uh, origin stories are kind of easy to get right. By the way, they are the, you know we've seen a million of them, and so there can be a, a a little bit of a boring thing. But when you've got an origin story, you get to use the power as your theme, right? Because you're just figuring it out, you're just getting into it, and so you get that momentum of figuring out the power itself is the point of the movie. Whereas when you get to the second one. It's not so cut and dry, and you kind of have to figure it uh, out. Now, I think the thematic stuff they're going for here is imposter syndrome, right? There's a whole big speech yeah. about it at the beginning. The idea that he's trying to figure out like who he is uh, and does he deserve all these things, the different nicknames they call the group and you know how they're demeaning. And I don't know. I just For me, that's all fine to set all that stuff up, but I don't think it's ever really paid off effectively. Am I wrong about that? No, you're 100% right. Yeah, it's it's a whole bunch of setup with no end in sight really. It's it's such a shame because a lot of these uh these things that they're starting to talk about could rival or even surpass some of the uh, the topics in like some of the emotional plot points that we saw in the first one. Mm-hmm. And it's just frustrating to see a lot of these lost opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Um Tell me about uh, seeing Rachel Ziegler pop up uh, again after um, West Side Story as Anthea. Yeah, uh, Anthea. Uh, yeah, uh, her her story arc was interesting. 
I, I see what they're tr- they were trying to do with that character, mm-hmm. but she seemed more like a uh, uh, Captain Exposition than you know anything else. Yeah. So it, again, missed opportunity <laughs> to have something really. And uh, everybody knows I'm the DC guy, but as far as like the Daughters of Alice and stuff, I'm not really familiar with with them. So this was all new territory for me. Well, in trying to figure out why, why, like, the movie, I don't think, ever really dives into an adequate explanation of why she's so much younger than the other two. Is there anything in the comic books about that? Is this, is that's what I'm saying? Like, I've never, I I don't know anything about the Daughters of Atlas. Maybe Mm. this is a, uh, uh, yeah, who knows? Because, yeah, Lucy Liu and, uh, uh, Helen Mirren, there's both of them are fairly uh, separated in age as well. Yeah. So in, in really there's, <laughs> there's, there's these moments in the movie and I don't think it's too spoilery necessarily to talk about, but there are these, uh, these moments where the age gap between Freddie and uh, Athena are talked about. Yeah. And it's just like, hmm. It's you- weird. <laughs> Are we going to make a thing out of this? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, as far as things that didn't work for me in this movie, some negatives. Um, uh, my biggest negative is I didn't get to see the end of this movie. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh yeah, I think that it just, uh, like you said, my biggest negatives are going to be missed opportunities and not living up to the same, like, uh, levels and, like, uh, it didn't go to the same levels I knew it could have that it did with the first one. So. Yeah. But I still liked it a lot. Yeah, there's enough here, right? Like, there's enough here, I think, to have a good time. Um, the only other negative I would mention in our conversation is that there is a typical amount, maybe even more than typical amount, of the comic book nonsense, right? This idea that, you know, stuff just happens and it has to happen because it's convenient that it happens. Characters make decisions, uh, let's say, involving the size of a bubble, uh, that it's like, well, if you can control that, that opens up all these other possibilities nobody is talking about. Like, there's just all these things that happen in comic book movies because they have to happen, and there's lots of that here. Um, and it might be enough to distract you. Um, so just wanted to give a heads up on that. Um, did you feel a lot of that stuff? Uh Maybe just because I'm so familiar with it, I, it didn't like like this is what it's supposed to be. So I don't know. No, it didn't. That didn't bother me at all. So, okay. Yeah, I got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I don't really have a lot to, more to say. I will say, Andrew, since you didn't get to see the end, and by the way, uh, Andrew's um, th- had to get to the show to record, and so um, you saw the finale fight but then didn't yeah. see anything after that um, yeah no post-credit scenes no movie wrap up so nothing like that. i will say there are two post-credit scenes and yeah. i will say that i'm going to speak blandly of them here and then we'll do a quick sift spoil so i can tell you what happens at the at the end of the movie um, that will be in your feed as well but i will say this the most confusing part of this whole thing 
to me are the post credit scenes. And it has not a lot to do with the plot of the movie. It has a lot to do with the real world machinations of the DC universe. I am so confused. I am so confused. Uh, we'll talk about more about that in the Sif spoil uh, okay. when we get to it. Uh, you ready to chat about 65? I guess. All right. Let's get into it. Location unknown. Charter 373. This is Commander Mills. My ship was hit by an undocumented asteroid. Transporting 35 passengers on a long-range exploratory mission. Send help. After a catastrophic crash on an unknown planet, Pilot Mills quickly discovers he's actually stranded on Earth 65 million years ago. Now with only one chance at rescue, Mills and the only other survivor, Koa, must make their way across an unknown terrain riddled with dangerous prehistoric creatures in an epic fight to survive. Uh, Andrew, this is Adam Driver uh, doing the Adam Driver thing. Uh, what did you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Hated it. <laughs> that seemed easy. That yeah. Seemed easy. Yeah. What about you? Um, I'm going to go with uh, disliked it. So okay. I'll go with a little bit higher than you. Um, Number one movie of the year. Yes. My favorite film of the year, apparently. Yeah. Uh, I think the reason I can say, uh, I, I can't say I hated it. It's because there's dinosaurs. I don't know. It's cool to see dinosaurs on the screen, right? Like, are I they mean, dinosaurs? <laughs> yes, they are. Are you sure? About I mean, they're that? supposed to be. Do you mean because dinosaurs wouldn't have looked like that? A, dinosaurs wouldn't have looked like that, and B, one of my biggest cons with this movie. And by the way, I am not gonna not to brag, but I am a dinosaur aficionado. I wanted to be a paleontologist when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of dinosaurs. These aren't dinosaurs. They they have generically large lizards, and then something that kind of resembles a T Rex. Mm -hmm. uh, there, the, the, no, nothing in this is like prehistoric record fossil. It's it's all. You weren't there. You don't know. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just being silly. You're uh, not I know wrong. I, I thought the same thing. I thought the same. I thought I to me it was like oh I guess we're just like adapting the dinosaurs now because yeah. the the movie very clearly says we're on earth 65 million years ago clear yeah. like there's no doubt like this isn't like a big twist where at the end you actually find you're on earth two or something like this mm -hmm. it's it's supposed to be earth um so yes they are supposed to be prehistoric uh creatures dinosaurs but they uh definitely don't resemble um my understanding of uh, exactly what dinosaurs may have looked like. First of all, no feathers. Come on, somebody just make feathered dinosaurs. Let's go. Let's just just do it. Yeah, just do it. Um. So, so yeah. So the so the dinosaur part for me is the part that I go. Okay, I'm having fun with this. Uh, I'm enjoying the action of it, the big creatures, and trying to survive. That kind of stuff was fun. The problem about it, and we'll get straight into the negatives because most of this movie is negative, is there is nothing else around this. Nothing. Like, I, like it wants to be a story of a father who's lost a daughter, 
like a surrogate, like they're supposed to be each other's surrogates, right? Like she's supposed to be his new dad and he's, you know, uh, or she's supposed to be his new daughter and he's supposed to be her new dad. And, and I think, and that's what the movie's setting up. But Andrew, the movie doesn't go there. The movie never gives us a chance to really experience that or understand that. Like there's this big moment towards the end where, there's a, uh, I'll just say there's a hologram involved and we're supposed to feel all this stuff. And it's like, I would feel that if you had set it up, like if you had really given me the time it takes to set up how these two are actually good together. I never felt any fun, any chemistry, any, uh, there was one, there was one moment in this movie that I remember that was an attempted uh levity there was attempted levity one time in this movie and it doesn't really work and it's like you you had to have early on in the movie them connect in some sort of way so that i would really feel something about this journey i never felt anything about this journey and the journey itself was ridiculous it was all ridiculous how did they spend three full days going 14 kilometers like i know there's you know uh, mountains and and those kind of things but like it's just it's it's uh, anyways. I just I I kind of checked out on a lot of the the plot and those kind of things. So you talk <laughs> now, Andrew. You say how bad it is. Okay, so nothing about this movie makes sense. Not a single thing. Because a, are you saying that humans lived other other places in the universe and then they came to populate here? Well, then what about like evolution, the fossil records, all that kind of stuff. So that's gone out the window. Okay. Also, you're telling me another civilization that is going to come and repopulate this earth after the comet or whatever. They've already developed everything that humans are going to have. And then they forgot. And then they learned in the future how to remake it like guns. Mm -hmm. Like, like 65 million years ago, humans had guns, and then we forgot how to make guns, and then 65 million years later, someone's like, hey, guns, <laughs> and they function exactly the same way they did. Or, you know, videos, recording, everything that we think we just take for granted, like, you're saying that they had that 65 million. Nothing about this movie makes sense. Okay, and Andrew, I'm going to push back just a little bit. I'm just going to just just slightly. Do you like the star any of the Star Wars movies? Hey, that's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far <laughs> well, away. Well, he was also a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. He just happened to travel and ended up running into our galaxy. Yeah, but then so is is the movie saying that that his species, whatever, was going to be the ones that became humanity on Earth? I, I don't think the movie says that. I don't think the movie's trying to say that. Okay. I think the movie is saying so, that, that, Earth, that human-like uh, beings evolved on another planet as well. Okay. A long time ago. So, 65 million years later, we just happened to develop the exact same technology Correct. that Correct. they did. Similar to Star Wars, yes. Okay. Um, here's another thing. Going kind of tangentially off what you were talking about mm -hmm. and like how this movie has is setting up and it says nothing. Um, it's like the movie is trying its hardest to make caring about Adam Driver more difficult. 
Yes. Like, it's like, it's trying to, he's like, oh, uh, he's starting to care about this guy. Yeah. You're starting to care about this. Yeah. Yeah. You're starting to care about this guy and his daughter. Okay. Now we'll separate them. Okay. Uh, he's got to get back to her. Now he's crashed. Okay. Oh, uh, his daughter, blah, blah, blah. Uh, okay. He's got the surrogate daughter now. Uh, okay. Well, she can't speak the same language as him. So every single thing that the, he is trying to do to show that he can connect with somebody and that he's somebody worthy of the audience caring about the movie is like, <laughs> nope. Why would we want to have to, you know, develop character arcs and stuff like that? That sounds boring. The language difference. Between them is the most baffling decision of the movie, in my opinion. I do not understand why you do that. Do you think is the idea that that obstacle is somehow going to be the thing that makes us root for them more? Is that what you're thinking? Because all you're doing is you're adding an obstacle to any kind of understanding of each other and because of that then we can't really feel what's going on with them and and those kind of things so it's just a really weird choice it's as if scott beck saw logan and was like hey a protagonist with a young girl who doesn't speak the same language as him Mm -hmm. yeah i think i can make a movie like this (laughs) with dinosaurs yeah yeah uh it's 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 a movie that I felt wasted my time because I gained nothing from it and it took from me. So so I'm trying I'm racking my brain. Ling it's not like it's the first movie ever to try to use language difference in a central pair. I think of the fifth element, right? Fifth element is a great example of you know, uh, somebody falls to earth, doesn't speak the same language, you know, Corbin Dallas has to teach, you know, uh, that kind of thing. But you know, you, you have to be able to have a context and a surrounding that allows for the fish out of water stuff, the, you know, I am I am your support even when other people aren't, you know, kind of thing. When it's just two people, you just, I like, it's just, it's hard to really accomplish anything with a language difference. Oh, uh, speaking of Wrath of Khan, or was that last week? I can't remember. <laughs> that was last week, I believe. Okay. okay. Well, speaking of Wrath of Khan, instead of earbugs, we get tongue bugs now. And, and why? How yeah. is there a bug that's evolved in a planet without humans to, like, burrow into human mouths? Oh, so you'll get mad at that, but you won't get at the fact that humanity developed the same technology as an alien species that it developed. Listen, uh, visited- I'm not mad at it. I'm okay. not mad at that. Right. That's That's, you know, that's 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 not like anti-evolution. <laughs> and if a guy and if a geyser doesn't kill a dinosaur on the first <laughs> attempt, try again. <laughs> fry, fry again. Fry, fry again. <laughs> uh, what else do you want to talk about with sixty-five? I don't. I really don't. There's no yeah. post-credit scene. You, you just the the simp, the simple mistake of. Creating a world with only two humans, right? They're the only two humans that we really are with. You know, his family at the beginning, but, you know, really just them. Well, you talk about uh, Logan or Fifth Element and how there's like a language barrier. Mm -hmm. The thing that makes those characters work in that context is because for them, 
vocal language isn't the only way to communicate or to connect with somebody. Mm-hmm. Logan and uh, X-23, uh, I forget what her, her name was, but, you know, they have the same genes. They have the same mutant abilities and stuff, and that's how they connect. And Fifth Element is they're both outcasts. They're both strays, you know, and that's mm-hmm. how they connect to each other. This movie, I, there's no context for how this young girl and Adam Driver, who, by the way, isn't giving bad performance in this movie. I think Adam Driver's fine. I don't think that... He, I, I guess I don't buy him as leading man action hero for mm. some reason. Because he, he just wasn't oozing charisma. But then I don't think that that was the kind of character that the movie wanted him to be. So it's weird because... It's like, I don't know what this movie's trying to say, be, or want from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's possible. It's possible they just stacked the deck against themselves and, and weren't able to find their way out. But I, but I have to tell you, beyond moments where I was like, that's kind of a cool thing to see. Those moments didn't add up to a complete, like... Like, there's not a momentum to this movie, right? Where it's like, yeah. oh, like there's an objective. I kind of know the objective. They're trying to get to an escape vehicle. Um, but the, the how we're getting there, the obstacles that are put in the way, none of that stuff feels cohesive in a way where it really understands how the ebb and flow of momentum works in a movie. It's just like dropping things in. You know, it's just, um, it's almost like the the kid in the, you know, the, the stereotypical kid playing with their toys. Like, and now the Velociraptor attack. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, and my, my <clears throat> dinosaur eats force field dogs, you know. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah. Can kind of feel like that at times. Uh, I don't think there's much else to say about 65. Uh, I liked it a little bit better than Andrew, but neither one of us liked it. So I don't think this is a recommend. Um, no, not at, at all. all. So there you go. Uh, Is Jurassic Park the only good dinosaur movie? Ooh, you're going to need to give me more time on that. Land Before Time. Um, Yeah, I I, I would have to do some research. Nothing comes to mind as far as like great dinosaur movie uh, other than Jurassic Park. But, But yeah. Before we head on to the best ever challenge, thank you to our Sif Pop members. Love and appreciate you. Uh, thank you for supporting what goes on here and at the website. You can go to sifpop.com and check all that out. Um, and if you're interested in supporting and wanting to check out what all that means, go to Patreon. Patreon.com slash Sifpop is where you would go for that. Uh, Patreon.com slash Sifpop. Thank you for considering it. And thank you to all those amazing people who support. Love you and appreciate you. Yep. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on to our best ever challenge this week. Uh, Mr. Ormsby. Speaking of Adam Driver, let's remember better days. Best ever Adam Driver movies. <laughs> 
We'll go number five to number one. And uh, if you have it higher, you can always trump it. And we'll talk about it where whoever has it the highest. Uh, I'll kick us off this time. Um, I have Logan Lucky at number five. It. All right. So Andrew's going to trump that. Talk about it later. What is your number five? Get ready to hit the button. Get ready. (laughs) Okay. Marriage story. Trump. All right. Yeah. So right off the bat, we're just going to skip talking about our number fives. Go on to our number fours. Uh, number four is where I have Lincoln uh, in at number four. <laughs> All right. Man. All right. So what's your number four? I have Andrew? a. I have a feeling we're going to get to talk about this one. Uh, okay. Yeah. Midnight special. Yeah. Well, you can talk about that one at your number four. Yeah. yeah absolutely. You know me. I love Jeff Nichols so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's one of my favorite directors. And I think that this is just a very, this movie does everything right that Brightburn did wrong. Of the, okay. uh, you know, like if you're, if you found out your kid had like the powers of Superman or something mm-hmm. like that, and you were just on the run from the government and cults and stuff like that, uh, Michael Shannon and uh, Joel Edgerton and Kirsten Dunst give great performances. Adam Driver, and I think this was well before or just right around the time that uh, he did uh, Force Awakens. So it was, for me, like one of my first introductions to the guy. And I'm like, okay, so I can, there's something here. This guy's got some acting chops. But mainly I was focused on the Michael Shannon and Jeff Nichols of it all. Nice. And a very young uh, Jaden Martell from uh, Stranger Things. Very cool. Uh, all right. That means on to my number three. Is that right? Yep. All right. In at number three, I have Inside Lewin Davis. Um, I think this is uh, continues to grow in my estimation. Um, and I think it's top five Coen brothers. And uh, I don't know a lot of people that agree with me. Um but because there are so many amazing Coen brothers, but I do know a lot of people who agree with me that it is an amazing movie. Um, if you watched it once and were like, "Yeah, that's all right," I highly recommend watching it again uh, with a real close eye. You know, uh, phone in the other room. Um, this this is a this is a movie I think that uh, rewards uh, giving yourself to it. Um, and is uh, really really interesting when it comes down to how it ends. And what it might be saying about uh, the circular properties of what it means to be a human being and be alive. Um, so, yeah, I really like Inside Lewin Davis. That is my number three. Nice. It's uh, on my it's on my Cohen list of shame. Oh, uh, you should check it out, man. It's really, I really, really good. want. I really do want to, and I might do it this weekend. Uh, all right, on to your number three. This is where I have Logan Lucky. Hmm. Very yes. nice. This is a fun movie, and I was really afraid it was going to be kind of blue-collar comedy tour version of Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. But no, there's a lot. Yeah, it is. It is redneck Ocean's Eleven, but there's some really fun, smart, clever stuff going on here. And the thing that everybody loves about Ocean's Eleven is what everybody loves about Lo- o- Logan Lucky, and that is. The cast is just stellar, and mm-hmm. the chemistry between everybody works so perfectly. Uh, not Ocean's Eleven perfectly, but you know, <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, everybody is great. Daniel Craig. Uh, I mean, I, I 
there's not a single person I, I would think, I think this person would have been better in this role. I think that they're all just great. And it's a very underrated heist movie. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. You mentioned the Ocean 7 Eleven thing. Um, it is definitely that. Uh, it is um, incredible performances all around. Um, Soderbergh just, man, his high stuff is just so good. And uh, I really, really like Logan Lucky. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, on to our number twos. Yep. Number two is where I have marriage story. So there you go. Um, today in my Twitter feed, was a clip of Marriage Story, but Adam Driver's head had been replaced with the head of a raptor, and uh, the raptor was arguing with Scarlett Johansson, uh, and it made me giggle. And uh, aside the internet's from, great. <laughs> <laughs> aside from the inherent memeability of this uh, this movie, and in particular that scene, um, it is just a devastating look at how painful even separation between two people who want to do it right can be. And um, I know it came from a very personal place with Noah Baumbach, and yeah. you can tell. And I just think the performances are outstanding in the movie is just a devastating, incredible watch. So, yeah. Yeah. It's I love dev- story. I think it's devastating because... Like you said, that was not their intention going into this, Mm-mm. but it's the system around them mm-hmm. and the way that everything is procedurally done. It's like it's designed to inflict pain upon yep. those who seek it out. It's yep. crazy because, yeah, it's not their fault. It's just they fell out of love with each other and they're like, you know what? We can make this work. We'll just sign some papers. But no, the system messed everything up. And yeah. that's what sucks. But a yep. beautiful movie. Beautiful movie. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Um, all right. You're number two. This is where I have Lincoln. Nice. Talk AKA, on it. AKA the movie Steven Spielberg went back in time and actually got <laughs> Lincoln. It was Bill and Ted. Uh, was, went back oh, and got that's Lincoln true. In, that is true. In, uh, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Um yeah, um, Daniel Day Lewis is the greatest actor in the history of actors. <laughs> uh, uh, that's that's not even up for discussion at this point. I don't think Andrew has settled it. It's I've over. Set- I I didn't settle it. He settled it with <laughs> movies like this, Gangs of New York, There Will Be Blood. He settled it when he said, "Look at what I can do with my sure. left foot." But no, no. Um, this is one of the ways I prefer. To see biopics instead of a, a a quick montage of somebody's life, pick out a single moment and see how that moment def- helped define that person. Right. Like I think that's where this movie is stellar. Like it's not Lincoln from birth to uh, the theater. It's it's Lincoln's emancipation. To the theater. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I agree. Um, the performance at the center of it is astounding, of course, but the entire movie in the authenticity of the movie and how it feels is is just so astounding. And it's such a you wouldn't think when you when you go after, you know, doing a Lincoln movie, you wouldn't think you'd be able to say something new or do something fresh because we've thought about Lincoln a lot since he was around and uh, this movie somehow does. It just feels like it, it it like it time travels like you said back to that place and really makes you see Lincoln not just as 
the president who, you know, got us through slavery intact. But, saw the lawyer. <laughs> but yeah, you saw the lawyer and the manipulator. The charmer, yeah. The charmer. And yeah, I just, I was really, really impressed with the movie. So yeah, Lincoln's great. Yeah. Uh, number one time, man. Number one. What you got? Unanimous number one. We both have The Last Jedi uh, at number one. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, if you haven't heard us talk about The Last Jedi before, um, I will go ahead and say uh, one of our biggest disagreements. Uh, I think it is a masterpiece. It is my number one. Uh, Andrew think it's, thinks it's a really bad movie, and uh, <laughs> it would not be his number one. So we don't need to litigate that again, but uh, but I really, really do enjoy this movie. I think it's the best ever Adam Driver movie. So, Andrew, what do you got at number one? Uh, my favorite Adam Driver is The Last Duel. Yeah. <laughs> not The Last Jedi, The Last Duel. <laughs> is in a lot of last movies. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, this movie just—it was in my honorable mentions. For yeah, her. Uh, I think that Ridley Scott is whenever he is on for a movie, I just it it hits me in a way that very few directors can when they when when they are like kind of he kind of reminds me of Ryan Johnson in that way, like if Ryan John Ryan Johnson makes a movie that I will vibe with. I am all in on it, like mm-hmm. Brick or Knives Out or Glass Onion, you know, any of these movies like, oh, I am here for it. Mm-hmm. But, but then, uh, just like uh, uh, Scott, there's movies that I just don't, for some reason. <laughs> what one could you be speaking of? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But no, no, uh, but same with Ridley Scott. He's the exact same way I am with Ryan Johnson. Um, but this is one of his movies that I just vibed with hard. The Rashomon style of telling the story. I think that there's great performances. A weird Razzie nom for Ben Affleck that I still don't get because he's one wow. of the best parts about that movie. Um, yeah, I could watch. Oh, I, I, I almost said I could watch this movie any day, but it is a rough movie. But uh, I sure. would I would champion this movie any day is a better yeah. way of saying it. Yeah, it's a good choice. Uh, Last Duel is good, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, honorable mentions. Uh, I've got a couple. Yeah. Um, Black Klansman, I think, is worth mentioning. Uh, While We're Young. I don't know if you ever check another Noah Baumbach. Uh, worth checking out. Silence. Him and Andrew Garfield in the Martin Scorsese uh, movie, Silence. Definitely worth a watch. And What If is a nice little movie that he's in. Uh, that you might want to check out as well. Did you have any others, uh, Andrew? Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd mention White Noise. That was uh, last year. It's it's not the best movie of last year, but I re- I really did enjoy it. And then m- the Star Wars movie I would recommend from him is Force Awakens. Uh, uh, I did you ever see uh, the Meyerowitz st- uh, stories? Meyerowitz stories, yeah. Meyerowitz. Yeah. What'd you what'd you think okay. of it? Okay. It's okay. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I landed, but I didn't know if I was like in a minority on that one. Uh, yeah. yeah, what if uh, is a movie that is just because I love Zoe Kazan so much that I. But you mentioned that one already, so uh-huh. I don't think there's because I didn't like Jay Edgar. I think that would be it for all my honorable mentions. Well, there you go. Uh, those are the best ever challenge for Adam Driver. That brings us down to our buried treasure, Mr. Ormsby. Yeah. Uh, I'll kick us off on this as well. Um, I, 
I have this thing. I I really either need just to make a a document or somebody does where I can just search and see if I've talked about something before. I I I just can't remember if I've talked about the show shrinking on Apple TV Plus yet. Um, as you one have of my not. Treasure. Uh I think I I enjoyed the first episode. Actually, you talked about it last week, or two weeks ago. Did I? (laughs) It was your Buried Treasure two weeks ago, yeah. All right, well then, Well, then then how about How about this? I will go, and then while I'm talking, you can try and think of something else. Mm -hmm. All right, so since we're talking about DC this week, I wanted to recommend something else from DC. On HBO Max, everybody check out Harley Quinn. I know the show's been out for a while, but... It's really good. It's unlike anything else DC does. It's like if Rick and Morty was doing, you know, a DC show. Not the crazy, you know, multiversal jumping and stuff. But, like, the shenaniganry is... It feels very much like something from that style of humor that, uh... Uh, that community... Uh, I'm trying to remember his name now, uh... Harmon, Dan Harmon. It's, it feels Dan Harmon-esque, even though it's not, but Alan Tudyk's doing a lot of the voices, and so is Kaylee Coco, Cueco. Don't know how to pronounce her last name. Uh, Tony Hale and uh, Diedrich Bader, who we just saw in Shazam um, uh, today as well. It's a really good show. Um. Yeah, Tedrick Bader was in Shazam. I was like, "Oh, cool, he's gonna be." I no, I guess he's not. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey! So great to see. Oh. Uh, my buried treasure is shrinking. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, my buried treasure. I'm gonna go with. Um, double down. Yeah, just double down on it. Just be yeah. like, I've thought about it, and I just definitely <laughs> want to recommend Shrinking. No, I just recently watched a couple more episodes. And I was like, this show is really, really good. Uh, but I couldn't remember if I talked about it before. Um, hmm, it's so hard to know what I've talked about before. Did I talk about uh, uh, Pacino and Sin of a Woman? Did I talk no. about that experience? No. So I finally got around to watching Scent of a Woman again, and it had been a long time. And in fact, I'm, I'm watching some movies now where I'm not technically sure I ever really saw them. You know, they're just kind of in the cultural consciousness enough that I oh, think I've seen the them. the zeitgeist and, and yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've made this list and I'm kind of working through some stuff just to make sure I really uh, have complete cultural awareness of some of the bigger movies. And of course, Pacino won the Oscar for this performance. Yeah. People were a little frustrated with that. I think I forget who it was that year that people wanted to win, but also it was kind of like it's Pacino's time. He should have probably won for Godfather, but he's going to win for this kind of thing. I think he's amazing in this, and it's kind of become his persona since then. Like he's kind of taken this character and put into all his characters going forward. So I can see why it feels a little bit tropey and a little bit cliche, but it's really, really good here. And I just think this is a really well structured. Chris O'Donnell is really good in it. I think they work together. I think it's a really great performance, some really touching moments. The final quote unquote courtroom scene, uh, even though it's not technically a courtroom, uh, is really cool. I just, I really enjoyed Scent of a Woman. So, um, wanted to, uh, throw that out there. Um, because I know it gets a little bit of backlash because of uh, the performance winning the award. So, yeah. yeah. So, there you go. Uh, just looked it up. He won for, and I think, 
1993, actor in a leading role. The nominees that year were Robert Downey Jr. for Charlie Chaplin, Clint Eastwood for Unforgiven, Stephen Ray for The Crying Game, and Denzel Washington for Malcolm X. It was X. It was Malcolm X that should yeah. that, that should have won. Um, yeah. That is the the what people say. Yeah. So yeah. So anyhow, um, it's really really good. Um, have you it ever is. seen it, Andrew? Uh, like you. I know I've seen it, uh, but I, yeah, uh, I remember the lines. Everybody remembers the lines and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But other than, yeah, I couldn't really tell you much about it. Yep. But you know, it, you always recommend stuff, and I always try to check it out whenever I can on these buried treasures. Mm-hmm. So I'll give it a well, rewatch. Check out Sin of a Woman. It's good. I think that means we've done it. I think we have accomplished uh, what. A podcast. Amazing. We did podcasting. Congratulations to everyone involved. Thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Uh, You can find out more about other shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out today. Thank you, buddy. Big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. Much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members for giving Woo. monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month. Gets you some fun perks. You can check out all the details at patreon.com slash Pop. Lots of ways to connect with the podcast. You can leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Um, you can also email us feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie loving friends will probably like it too. So let them know about it. And that listening is much easier than downing a giant 16,000 pound animal with a half dozen poisonous, poisonous berries. Uh, we will be back next week, uh, with John wick chapter four and more. We will see you then. Bye.